Hey everybody, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we are wrapping up our marathon of holiday movie reviews with a holiday spectacular. A dual mm. timeline Hallmark movie. Is it? Sure. Dual? We've got the grandma telling the story to her granddaughter. Oh yes, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Before we tell you our thoughts on this spectacular movie we would like to invite you to follow us outside of the podcast you can find us on instagram in two different places our main account is at megan and wendy we also have a hallmark account run by wendy which is at girls gone hallmark i love the hallmark community the instagram community on hallmark that's a fun place we'd love for you to hang out with us there you can also join our awesome Facebook group called Girls Gone Hallmark. I will leave a link in the show notes or you could search it in the Facebook app. It's fun. I got, there's some great people there. Oh, that was so much fun. You can also email us at meganandwendy at gmail.com with your reviews of these movies or thoughts on the podcast or general hellos we'll take too. So give us a shout. Yeah, make your voice heard. Something you may not know if you're a new listener of Girls Gone Hallmark is we used to exist as an umbrella under our other podcast called Long Story Short with Megan and Wendy. And we only recently moved these episodes into their very own Girls Gone Hallmark home, which I'm very glad that we did. But what that means is technically we're like a brand new podcast with a ton of episodes. So if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would take just a quick second and leave a five-star rating and a review. That means like a little, few words about why you love us in the Apple Podcast app. Please. Let's let's talk about Hallmark. Okay. Can I can I just make a quick mention real quick? Uh-oh. Not about Hallmark. Yeah. But about about our our music for the podcast. Sounds like British Bake Off. I'm one hundred percent. And not your fault. So I don't know why you're saying sorry, but I listened to our couple of our episodes earlier this week. I oh. just think the music sounds so much like the Great British Bake Off. You're yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> it's funny. We, we yeah. I mean, we both we picked it. We, we mutually <laughs> chose it. But as I was adding it, I thought this sounds exactly like the intro to the Bake Off. So maybe next year. Well, we'll have new music come January. Yeah, exactly. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First up in Hallmark news, this is not new news, but it's not something we've discussed. And maybe the listeners don't know that Hallmark has partnered with Hilton. They have Hallmark holiday suites themed mm-hmm. According to them, to fan favorite countdown to Christmas movies. Mm. They have three locations, the Hilton Chicago, the Hilton San Diego Bayfront, and Hilton Las Vegas at Resorts World. I just want to say we looked up the rates for the Hilton San Diego Bayfront. It was like $1,000 a night. Get out of town. Nobody's paying Up for to that. Up like to 1600 bucks. I was like, I would love to go do that for like a, a 25% of that price. <laughs> Seriously. Who is paying? Just imagine the stuff being like, you know, touched and used. And- yeah. I'm not that interested in being the second person to stay in these suites. No, you want to be the first person, right? <laughs> yeah. So do I. I want to be, I want a fresh suite. What I would love if, since we're close to there, invite us down. We'll cover it. We'll talk about it here on the podcast. We will put it on our blog. <laughs> like, let us preview the percent. place. Yeah, let me in. Yeah, I just want to see in. it. I don't need to stay there. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. What else you got? And another Hallmark collaboration. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Hallmark offers live streams of 
Christmas towns. They're called Christmas cams and they go live, I believe on December 1st. They have five towns, Harbor Springs, Michigan, St. Paul, Minnesota, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Corning, New York. They are live streaming from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. So it's like a small town street that we're looking at. Like if you want to get in on, they call them real life Hallmark Channel Christmas towns. Huh. I can't fully understand the driving force behind this. Unless you're someone who lives in Southern California who doesn't have like, it's a snowy downtown Christmas scene. However, St. Petersburg, Florida doesn't have that either. So no, weird. the Oh, have you seen the ads for Enchant? The new Disney movie? No, that's Disenchanted. Enchant oh. <laughs> is the world's largest Christmas light maze and village. That's no. what they're showing you in St. Petersburg, Florida. I don't want to watch that on the internet. <laughs> you know, I months ago, a year ago, I don't, the timing, I don't remember. I walked into my parents' house and on their TV was the bald eagle cam live from Big Bear, California, because they were watching <laughs> The bald eagles that were sitting on their nest waiting for their, their eggs Offspring. to hatch. Yeah. That's more exciting to they're me. They're way into it. And they're like, oh, it's Jackie and Chance. I don't remember. Their, they knew their names and how they had had an egg that had hatched, but that didn't survive. And so everyone was all in on this new baby bald eagle. I think that's thrilling. On I'm the not, big screen. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. How cute are yeah. your parents? Let's talk a holiday spectacular. Mm-hmm. You want your synopsis? Mm. All right. In 1958, Maggie is an heiress from Philadelphia who puts her high society wedding plans on hold in order to sneak up to New York City to make her secret dream come true. Dancing live on stage in the Christmas Spectacular at Radio City Music Hall. Stars Gina Claire Mason, Derek Klenna, Eve Plum, and Anne Margaret and features the Radio City Rockets. This was filmed in January and February in upstate New York, as well as in New York City. Julie Sherman-Wolf has a photo that she posted to Twitter showing how they had shut down the street in front of Radio City Music Hall, which I would imagine, as a writer, seeing that happen for your movies, pretty dang exciting. Yeah, I would say that's super cool. When we had her on the podcast back, was that in 2020 or early 2021? Early 2021. Didn't we ask her if she went to set after she writes the movies? We did. It might have been a question I had, but didn't ask. I can't remember. You think we did ask that? I think we did ask that. I think she said it depends on, I think, a number of factors, whether the writer is there. Mm, Okay. Okay. But she appeared to be there. She posted a number of photos. Yeah. And she lives in Connecticut, right? Yes. How close is Connecticut? People to commute from Connecticut to New York. People live in Connecticut and work in the city. So geography, not my strong suit. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, maybe she just popped in for the day or whatever. That's cool. I think she was there a lot. Gina Claire Mason plays Maggie. She played Glinda in Broadway's Wicked beginning in April 2019. Of course, the pandemic closed Broadway for a number of months. I was lucky enough to see her last December in that role. And she shortly left Wicked right after that in early 2022. She has that Glinda look about her. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's like, I wonder if she left Wicked to do this movie. Maybe. But you know, it's funny because that what you say that she was in it in 20, maybe it was that she was the standby from 2015 to 2017 and then came back as the lead Glinda. Yes, that's correct. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. My daughter still has the playbill, so I went and pulled it down just to make sure, like, that's who we actually saw. Yeah. It was her. Derek Klenna, who plays John in this movie. I mean, John. Anyway, John. Uh, he is a Tony-nominated Broadway actor as well for his role in Jagged Little Pill. He was also in Anastasia and the Bridges of Madison County. Hold on. Were you, are you familiar at all with him? No, because I've never seen any of those shows. Yeah. But I feel like if we're going to have a Broadway star in a movie, look, I'm here for it. But could the guy sing or dance or something? We got one line of chestnuts roasting and that's it. I know, but that is in my, did you see that? Mm. I He sounded like heaven. Mm-hmm. What a voice on that mm. dude. Agree. Yeah, but I, I was expecting something more. Like I wanted a song and dance from him, but this, yes. I guess, was not a musical, so I don't know. Maybe we need another musical. If we're yeah. going to get these Broadway stars, put them to work. Well, wasn't it Julie Sherman's Wolf? Didn't yes, she have I another did. movie with some Broadway stars in it? In fact, she did. In Royal Holiday that had some Broadway gets in there. And she mentioned in that interview that Wendy referenced earlier that the only reason they were able to get them is because of the pandemic and Broadway being shut down and they would never have been able to get them otherwise. Sarah Gallo plays Sophia, Maggie's friend Mm -hmm. in this movie. And she has one acting credit on IMDb and it is this movie. Hmm. But I I was like, what? So I, I Googled and did some more investigating. She is a stage actress and has a pretty good resume. I will I will link her her resume in our show notes for for you. But I thought she was fantastic in this. I mean, Gina Claire Mason, this is the only screen acting that she has done. Mhm. I think she was great. I think she should do more. Mhm. A couple notes about the Rockettes. Oh, I think we might have the same one, but go ahead. Well, first of all, in the early days of the Rockettes, a rock dancer needed to be between five foot two and five foot seven. However, nowadays the maximum height is five foot ten and a half. Oh, interesting. Is that because they have that kick line and they don't want like one super tall person there and one yes. super small person? Yeah. There That's were originally only sixteen women, but it has now grown to encompass eighty women today. Now what's the what's the like general feeling about the Rockettes? Like I ask, and my only point of reference is the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, and mm. we know how problematic that can be. Is that the same? Like, do they have to be a certain weight? Do they have to be a certain height? Do they have to, are they getting paid pennies? Do you know? I don't know anything about what they get paid. I would imagine they have to be a certain weight, although I've never... I don't know any of that information there. I want to say one comment I have about that for a bigger conversation. Oh, yes. Um, I know where you're headed. (laughs) But they're precision dancers. I think they're considered to be highly trained, incredible dancers. I don't know what the opinion is of the organization as a whole. It's a damn delight if you ever are in New York at the holidays. Well, I was last year and, oh, they closed. They went dark because it was kind of the rise of Omicron. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to see them, but we weren't planning on it because I was like, meh, the Rockets. But after seeing this movie makes me think that I would probably go back and make that a priority to go see. Yeah, a lot of those scenes are straight out of what they actually do, like that nutcracker scene and all that. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sydney Mesher is a Rocket, and you might have noticed her in this movie. She 
has one hand. Oh, I did not notice. She joined the troupe in 2019, and she is the first person with a visible disability ever hired by the Radio City Rockets. Hmm. I will link a article about her in the show notes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yes. Are you ready for first impressions? Yes. We need to talk about diversity. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I have those notes too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. My first impression is I freaking love a dance movie. Yeah, yes. I you. love a dance movie. I don't, it's maybe I was a dancer in a former life or I don't know. I love a dance movie. Me too. And it was actual Rockettes dancing on stage. It's really funny when they do the cut-ins on like the close-up of like Gina Claire Mason, who is a, a Broadway actress. She can dance, but I don't know if she can Rockette dance. So in the mm-hmm. wide scenes, she's not in them. Oh, interesting. She's but not in the close-up. Line. She's like bouncing up and down. Ah, <laughs> oh, funny. I funny. loved that. Like, yes, give me the actual Rockettes. And there was lots of it. It wasn't just like once or twice. So let's talk about what we liked. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. You know, I think I missed a lot of this, but when we were watching, there were some marquee pop-ups with like information about the Rockettes, like when they started. Now, I only saw one or two of these because I just didn't notice them, but I liked them when they would pop up. I wish I had been paying closer attention to things that they were saying. Wasn't there a TV show like that? Pop-up? Pop-up video. (laughs) Yeah, where you get like additional information. They should should re-air this with more pop-up information. They should older Hallmark movies with like, bloop, about the actors, about where it was filmed, with did you see that kind of moments. Call us Hallmark. We got ideas. We could host that. I know. I know. I liked... Everything in this movie. Yeah. From the acting to the costumes to the dancing. I loved it all. I agree. Me too. The costumes, gorgeous. Oh, I wonder if those were... Oh, I love a period piece from this era. I swear to God I lived in this era at some point. I am so drawn to it. I don't know why. Were you about to say, I wonder if those were actual costumes? I believe yes. that they were. I believe, because there's an Instagram shot of one of the Rockettes who was in the movie and she's a photo in between performances and she's in one of those gold dresses, oh. the Nutcracker dress for sure, the red and green dress for sure. Mm-hmm. They're all in the actual yeah. show. I love I, it. I love that they had this real partnership with the Rockettes. This movie could not have been made to the level that it was made without that partnership and that buy-in and that access and the stage and all of it, it made the movie. I agree. Yeah, it would have been a terrible production if it wasn't, like if it was on some weird sound stage or whatever, right? Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. wait a minute. Did they actually film this on stage at Radio City Music Hall? It, it certainly looked like it to me. And they weren't using some weird sound stage? I, I don't think so. Mm, okay. And uh. it's post-season. I mean, I know there's other things at Radio City, but they're not doing five shows a day of the Rockette, so they would have had other times of the day to have access to the stage. Well, you know, I actually had that question while watching this. It, do the Rockettes only perform during Christmas time? Yes. That's it? Yes. So then what happens in the off-season with those dancers? What do they do? do um, they, are they on Broadway? Are they doing different projects? I'm guessing. In the off-seasons, most Rockettes perform as dancers or actors professionally. The Rockettes' season is November 18th through January 2nd this year. I would imagine it's 
roughly the same based on how time falls. And the annual salary of a rock cat is 36000 to 39000 keeping in mind they only Oof. perform for about six weeks. And then I would imagine they have maybe a month of rehearsal prior to that. And although they do not get year-round work, the dancers do receive year-round benefits. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I really thought Gina Claire Mason was so great in this. Uh, yeah. There was a way that she moved through the scenes, like the way that she moved her body. And I wondered if it was something to do with like being a stage actress. Like I, I, I 100% know what you're talking about. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like when she would leave a scene, it would be like she would back out of it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't turn your back to the crowd, right? Or it just seems, I, I don't know what it was, but it was... I. It was enjoyable to watch. I I thought she gave great faces, too. Like, I just really, really enjoyed her so much. Yeah, she had a real awareness of her body that I don't think is common in screen actors. Yes. Yes. I want people to go back and watch that. Like, if you missed it the first time, like, if you, if you see this movie again in a repeat, like, just pay close attention to that. Yes. Yeah. You know, as I was watching this, much like my experience with watching Hall out the Holly while I was watching it, I was very aware that I was enjoying watching it. And I turned to my husband halfway through the movie, just like I did at the end of Hall at the Holly. And I was like, what do you think? And he's like, meh. What is wrong with this man? What are you going to do? I don't know. I thought he didn't like the jokey Gilmore Girls style movie, which doesn't surprise me because dude can't stand the Gilmore Girls. But this is classic. You love the Rockettes. We've seen the Rockettes multiple times. He would see the Rockettes every single time we go to New York. What is there not to love about this movie? Yeah, I'm surprised that alone wasn't a draw for him. Yes. What's his favorite Hallmark movie? Do you know? Mm, don't know. Hmm. I'm going to need you to ask him. Okay. I think it might give us some insight on like what kind of movie he likes. I'm afraid it's the hallmark of yesteryear. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Well, anyway, this doesn't matter. He didn't like it. Moving on. That bums me out. Is there anything else you liked? No. What'd you wish for? I think what I wished for is the bigger conversation that we we need to have. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, I didn't wish for anything. I love this movie. However, while I was watching it, and I was I was wondering at the time, like, how diverse were the Rockets during 1947? Right. Like, I was kind of surprised at the number of people of color that were a part of the troupe. Yes. And I was like, can that be accurate? And then I finished watching the movie. I didn't think about it again until I started to put my notes together for this. Mm-hmm. And I found some information. I'm guessing you found the same. Yes. It was confirmed by Sleepy Kitty Pod this morning. Whoops. No. Sorry. It was confirmed by Sleepy Kitty Pod on Twitter that the Rockettes were not fully integrated until 1988. Yeah, and that's one person. That blows my mind. Jennifer Jones auditioned in 87, joined in 88. <sighs> Yeah, I think it's a bigger conversation. And it's more more than just about this movie. I mean, obviously. (laughs) It made me think we, when we first started this, would kind of do a diversity check on these movies. Like, how did Mm -hmm. Hallmark rank? And we haven't really done that. And I think Hallmark takes baby steps in terms of the progress that they make because they have to bring their 
audience along with them slowly. Mm -hmm. And while if you look at Hallmark's overall catalog of movies this year, is it more progressive? Yes. Is it more diverse? Yes. Are they telling a variety of stories? Yes. However, is it enough to say, look, we have mahogany. Look, we have two movies that feature Asian American families. But if you look at the movies, oh, look, this movie has two white stars. Are there any people of color in this movie? Were there any people of color in time for him to come home for Christmas mm. or hashtag Xmas or haul out the holly? Are we there? And then how do we feel about Hallmark? I'm glad that they had people of color in their 1947 faux rockets. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't. Yeah. I read some reviews and they're like, this is revisionist history. And that's really interesting. Like, are we, is, I guess it depends how you look at it, right? Like is Hallmark giving credit where it's not due or is Hallmark trying to say, we are not going to field 20 white dancers in 2022, even if it's representative of 1947. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know either. I think we might not have, we might have to take this to Julie Sherman Wolf. Oh yeah. I'm really curious. I'm sure this had to have been a topic of conversation. Yeah, the Rockettes themselves were involved. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Your hands are kind of tied. Like, if they do, they're, what's the saying? Like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's it. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't know what the right answer is here. Me neither. I wished for something mm. else. Tell me, so did I. I asked myself, did we need the romance in this movie? Mm. Come hear on. Me out. It was good. It was, but, but... She was engaged. Mm -hmm. She falls in love with another man while she's engaged. Yes, it was an engagement of convenience. And it was an engagement to further their families. But does it take away from the tale of finding your own happiness? Well, I mean, she... Are you bothered because she lied about it? No, I'm not bothered because she lied about it. We took issue with Will Kemp's character falling in love while he was dating mm. someone else. Fair. Fair, fair. What's the difference? And it and I she her hands were tied. That is the difference. She didn't have the freedom in her life that Will Kemp had in his. But I don't know how I feel about it. She mentioned several times like but we're just friends. We're just friends. So is it naive to think that she thought like this is strictly a friendship, but I kind of have feelings for this guy too. I don't think it's naive to think that, but the second she ends her engagement, she then goes to John to tell him and says, and I'm falling in love with you. Mm -hmm. Is that a realization she had on the walk from the restaurant? (laughs) probably not (laughs) no i thought the love story was very sweet i was very all in on the love story of course i wanted them to end up together i was like she's gonna support him while he goes to school and they're gonna be this cute new york couple i wanted that yeah i don't know is is the struggle enough for this for the i i don't know okay good questions megan one last thing i wish they would have showed more of maggie's pursuit and becoming a rocket, like one audition and boom. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah. And I was like, what? You know, it has to be more than that, right? Sure. So, DCC takes weeks. Exactly. 
Exactly. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about making the team Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Yeah, like it almost to me seemed like I thought she was taking dance lessons as an adult, like for the first time. Because oh. she was an adult, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> and it's just like her and her friend and they're like taking dance lessons. This is what you do when you live in high society, Philadelphia in 1947, I guess. I don't because you don't work and you're not married. Right. Did she go to college? Probably not. Right. Right. So I guess you just take dance lessons during the day. And then there just happens to be an audition and she gets it just like that. Yeah. Locally. Yeah. Well, Philadelphia is close, right? <laughs> to, to New York. It is, but I don't think she, I still think she wasn't in New York. I mean, it was like they were doing a local audition looking for talent. And they, I, I agree. I thought, it, I think it was too easy. Yeah. Too easy. You know, just like, a question for you. Uh-huh. Would would it have been weird at the time she's like I'm going to New York for the next couple of weeks and I'm not telling you exactly where I'm going or what I'm doing but I'll be home. I thought it was weird, you know, oh, I'm waiting on this dress to be made. Right. To be here for 3 or 4 weeks. Yeah, it was weird to me. Yeah. What the hell do I know? But I don't know anything like they had phones back then, but like they were like just sh- like they had no tabs on their daughter. But she was an adult, too. So, I, you know, I don't know. And staying with a family friend as far as they knew. And just maybe they just couldn't questions. fathom a world in which she would so strongly disobey their desires for her. Disobey. Oh, God, I can't even. I mean, that's I can't what even. they that's how they felt. I know. But it just is weird. That's all I have for a wished for. I have. But one. Did you see that? So do I. She hasn't seen the tree. It's around the corner. What tree are you talking about? The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what was interesting in that scene? Because I visited there last year, and it's packed to the nines. Like, yeah. it's shoulder to shoulder. You can't see anything. People are taking pictures with their iPads, right? They go, and it's like there's there's nobody there. Was there even an ice skating rink? There was not, right? I don't know. I mean, it's clearly a green screen. The tree's not up in January when they're filming. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they've recreated the scene. I thought they did it well, but it's right around the corner. This reminds me of the time <laughs> my husband and I were in New York visiting a friend of his. We said something about the tree, and the friend had lived there for eight years and goes, yeah, I've never seen it. I'm Jewish. And I thought, I could understand not seeking it out if it doesn't mm-hmm. have any meaning to you. It's not exciting. It's not a holiday you celebrate. But never in eight years have you crossed paths with this giant tree. It just blew my mind. I've never I know seen because it. there's a lot of stuff around there. Stores and shopping and like food. Like you don't walk over there. You live there eight years. Right. I guess maybe you stay in your little area. I don't know. It blew my mind. Weird. The one did you see that I have, I shared with you off mic mm-hmm. the other day. But I w- would love to know if anybody else caught this. There is one B-roll shot of the outside marquee of the Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. They show it several times. They show the outside marquee several times throughout this movie. But there is one time on the marquee, it is advertised that Con and Gray will be playing on March 16th. And <laughs> Con and Gray is a current musical artist. <laughs> I was like, ooh, somebody missed that. Whoops. Whoopsies. Are you ready to rate a holiday spectacular? I am. What'd you rate it? I rated it... I thought this movie was really good, really, really, really good. 
I gave it 4.75 stars because I'm conflicted about the diversity stuff. Hmm. I gave it four and a half stars. What? You didn't like it? Four and a half? <laughs> That's a great rating. I know. I mean, I felt joy watching this movie. Me too. I l- as I sat down to make my note today, I was like, this is a five-star movie. I have nothing to wish for. I loved everything about it. And then I started I to dig, and I was like, mm, that's, mm, that's not good. Ooh. You know? I, so I felt the same way and that, oh, this is a five-star movie. I have nothing to wish for. Things arose in my preparation, but also the, the rating system is nebulous. It's it ultimately is. meaningless. <laughs> and when I sat here and think, did it bring me as much joy as Haul Out the Holly or what's my other five-star movie? Three Wise Three Men wise. and a Baby. Yeah, the dudes. <laughs> I'm not quite sure it did. It's it's great. Four and a half is a great rating. I I just, it was so pleasant to watch. I, I agree. I love a dance movie. I just love a dance movie. <sighs> I agree with everything you're saying. Okay. Great movie. I recommend it. If you want to know what to watch this season, this Gives me the holiday feels. What are we reviewing next week? We are reviewing A Fabled Holiday in the Holiday Stocking. Ryan Pavey's really on my list these days, y'all. So (laughs) stick around for that one. We will be back with two brand new episodes next week. Catch up with us this week. If you have a second, leave a rating or review in the Apple Podcast app. Until next time, happy watching. Goodbye. Bye.